Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Finally face-to-face for the first time in forever. It kind of does feel like forever, doesn't it? It's a hot minute, that's for sure. (laughs) It's, uh, it's spring feeling. We have uh, COVID restrictions being lifted. We're able to sit face to face. Things are good. It is good. This is what I call the fool spring. We get one every year. I'm sure we got more snow coming. (laughs) (laughs) We usually do, but I think it's starting. I think think I'm going to hedge the bets and say it's starting. I don't know if we're going to get one more snow because that last one we got was a doozy. Yeah. I mean, we got got an excessive amount, but I mean, I think that Maybe we won't get more snow, but I think we have more cold coming. I think that these 60-degree days are gorgeous, but I think that they're a little too good too soon. Well, and what people don't realize about climate change, it just means odd climate at weird times. So we, we probably will see some more freezes. I will definitely wait much longer than normal before I put plants in a garden. Oh, yeah, you absolutely should. And like I don't even consider climate change when I talk about the weather in Michigan, because it is in fact the weather in Michigan, which means that it doesn't matter what you think it's going to do, it does what it wants. And (laughs) I'm just used to a lot of these. Every year we get one. We'll get a real nice warm stretch of a few days where it's beautiful, the sun's out, you start to see bugs waking up, you see the first bees of the season, then follows with like a 15 degree night and (laughs) frost in the morning. So, we'll see. Well, I think I might even pick up some burlap so that if I do plant, I can cover them every night, just roll it over the top of the gardens. But It's not a bad idea. Because uh, last year I got bit. Some of the plants got killed from the frostbite, but uh, I'll have to plan better this year because I have a whole basement full of plants. I've seen the pictures online. You have literally a basement full of plants. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> well, I have right now sprouted. There's 38 tomato plants mm-hmm. uh, with their satellite they're, they haven't they haven't grown into a well, plant yet obviously but that's going to be for the six i need for myself mm-hmm. and then the rest will be either donated to the city or to friends and if there's any left they'll go out front with a sign for free i would like to put my name in for one mm-hmm. because i don't need more than one well you are you going big daddies cherries are you going uh, Roma's, those, I got all three planted now. Given the option, I'm always going to go for Roma. It's the best tomato. Okay, well, me. I'll write you down for one Roma. I also have 36 sweet pepper plants that are the carnival type or red. I think there's red, yellow, and then I do have some green pepper. 
plant it also. Given the option, I have no interest in green. But, um, well, I, I have found that your your garden, specifically yours, overproduces anyways. So whatever I don't take or grow, I can just come and get the extra. <laughs> Perks well, of being family. Well, and this year, I'm building teepees over one of them so that green beans and sweet peas can grow up these vines up mm-hmm. to them. And I'll it should double my surface area or the area in which I can grow and collect. Are you growing anything that requires shade? Like any Sweet squash peas. or oh, they 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 require that. Yep, uh, like a sugar snap pea. Oh, needs uh, it grows much better in a shade. I had no idea. So that one will, and usually you put like um a little canopy over them. Yeah. Until they get to be full grown, but I will plant them and move them back by the deck where the tree is. All right. All right. So I'm talking to all this garden because this week we're gonna make a case for people to plant their own gardens. I think that's something that we should have been making the case the whole time. We And we kind of have a lot of the subliminal messaging, if you will, of some of the things we talk about. We very much enforce the, the eating lower on the food chain, which is something you've probably said verbally 500 times. And that I'm always, you know, preaching fresh local ingredients. So I think that planting your own garden is the, the next natural step for us to preach to you on how you should eat better. Well, and we're feeling spring, but by the time this episode comes out, it will be spring. Hopefully, this hits you right about the right time to get you motivated. It does not matter how much space you have. And that's one of the things I want to talk about right off the very beginning. Like, I have family members who say, I can't grow a garden. I live in an apartment, but they have a balcony. We've got several. I have a, I actually have a family member who grows on the balcony. And you can produce a decent amount of produce in a very small space. You're, I mean, you're already seeing the basement. We talked about those sprouts, but I've also got a pea plant that has almost touched the lights and is now starting to flower in my basement with just grow lights. So it does not matter the amount of space. My stepbrother, Sean, has got this nice little, uh, it looks to me from the pictures like the size of a door. Like they cemented his backyard, Mm -hmm. but someone had laid a door on the ground and they forgot to cement that spot. In that little spot, he'll be able to plant all kinds of stuff. Oh, I don't doubt it. These plants don't need a lot of space. And some plants are going to need more because they do, they do, you know, get pretty large. Pepper plants, tomato plants, depending on the variety, can get huge. And and yours seem to be overachievers in the production line. So <laughs> you always do really great with that regard. And you don't have, and I want to emphasize this, you don't have a big yard. You don't have a lot of space. So not even taking into, you know, um, account, not even taking into account the plants you have in your basement. Your actual grow space out in the yard isn't very large. I mean, I don't know how many raised planters you use there's five planters Mm -hmm. and they are three by six okay and so what is it two two and two is that how you have them set up what do you mean no i well in sets of two you said there are two two and one yeah remember they're shaped like the like the number three or a letter e so they're connected together i had no idea they were shaped like that so there's no remember (laughs) they're all connected so there's Five, yeah, five beds shaped like the number three. Okay. And each one is about 18 square. So I can get six really nice pepper plants or six really good tomato plants in one of those. Yeah, which is plenty. You guys produce a ton. And with great soil and very minimal upkeep, I mean, what do you actually have to do? With raised beds, it it has to reduce the amount of weeds you have to pull. It has to reduce the amount of critters that get in there, although you do have a friendly rabbit that likes to come and eat your stuff. The laziest friendly rabbit ever. Yes. Yeah, well, and I'll take this moment to explain some of that. When I first built the beds, Mm -hmm. I took all my yard waste and filled the bottom. So when the first season came, 
I did, I, the dirt I dug out to put those in along with the stone walkway around it. That is the dirt that went inside at first. Mm -hmm. So you had tree branches. We had almost like logs from a storm that knocked that back tree down a little bit. And then all the leaves were mulched. All that stuff just got thrown in there. That's all nutrients. So I grew the first year. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, I chopped up those plants, put them back in there. Mm -hmm. And then when all the leaves came down, I mowed them up and I mulched them up and I laid nice layers across. Mm -hmm. And then every season, I'll buy one or two bags of just topsoil and lay it over before I plant. You are forgetting the most important part of your little ecosystem you built, and that is your nature's biodegraders. He likes worms, and he fills his bed with them because they do process a lot of that stuff and help it break down. The first year, or actually the first two years, I bought a 24 count of night crawlers for each bed. Now you can't dig anywhere in there without hitting a worm. I don't doubt it. I mean, they're a that's a really easy way to do it, and they're what? Probably the fishing bait ones from the local mm-hmm. store, so it's like five bucks maybe. For- I freed them. They were going to be drowned and fed to fish. Now they th- flourish. Yeah, they do. They give them a lot of room to dig and eat, which I wanted to mention that, though, because you, you've created an ecosystem above the already existing ecosystem, which when you look at this kind of stuff on Pinterest, it seems like it's a lot of work. a lot, And it, and it is to some degree, but... It's so worth it. And, and you know, you don't really have like a carpentry background. You don't have a gardening background. You're just learning all the stuff as you go. Mm-hmm. And you're excelling at it. And I have always been the advocate of if one of us can do it, anyone can do it. And I think it's a great case to make people to actually grow their own produce or have a brother that does so they can eat really good. I'm going to call myself out because last year was not a good harvest. I tried to do companion planting. I had too many things in one space across my whole garden mm-hmm. and it was what i would believe what i believe to be a pretty pretty failure of a harvest usually i have way more than i could ever eat way more than my neighbors could ever eat and and then i can start filling the share garden the, the share stand absolutely to the point where you know i'm waiting for someone to tell me to stop bringing stuff last year i didn't have that last year Sometimes we had a little too much, but mm-hmm. most of the time we were able to consume it. And this year, I'm going to learn to flash freeze my green beans and my peas. You know, we're going to uh, take some of those tomatoes and make sauces. And so uh, I'll get to can more or learn to can more, hopefully, and learn to freeze so that I'm not buying green beans or broccoli or these things all year round. Um, I think that's personally a wonderful goal. Now, I, as a food advocate, despise canning. I think it's one of the greatest, greatest home practices you can have. I just physically do not like to do it. <laughs> I've never done it, so I may join you. I don't know. It is wonderful, and you can't beat it when you're eating, you know, that that beautiful tomato sauce you grew and you made with your own tomatoes in the middle of winter makes it worth it. The moment that the can pops, it's worth it. I don't like the smell. It's what it boils down to because you have the tomatoes, you have to cook them and peel them, and I just don't care for it. Well... I want to start making the case because the case for the gardens, the first thing is the taste of food from the garden is dramatically different. And I didn't know this till I started growing a garden. The taste of those vegetables is nowhere near what a store one is. The store one is very bland, very watery, almost like it grew too quick. I was getting things out of the garden that have flavor. Now, I don't eat tomatoes. But when I used to work at one of the engineering firms in Auburn Hills, 
at people from all over the world worked there. Mm-hmm. And I used to bring all the extra tomatoes because, as you know, I don't eat them. And they would fight over them because you're talking guys from Italy and Spain, places where they did get fresh vegetables or fruits in this case. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to the point where every season they'd come over to my desk ahead of time, like, are you going to bring tomatoes? I would like to sign up for the tomatoes. You know? <laughs> so the taste of what you get from your soil, it is so much better. Well, a- absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't realize that. And we've talked a lot about knowing where your food comes from. The reason mm-hmm. the ones from the store taste so watery is not that they grew too fast. They were picked too prematurely. Those tomatoes at the store are picked when they're hard, rock hard and green, put in a box, shipped thousand miles away in a box, which we've talked about what happens when you enclose fruits and vegetables. So mm-hmm. they're... they're becoming red and they're actually dying is what's happening. They're not ripening. They're dying as as they get to you. So you get these tomatoes and, and they may look nice. They may have like this beautiful color. They might be nice and tender, but you cut them open and they're, they're, there's no flavor. They're watered. Yeah. It, that's, uh, cucumbers was another one I oh, noticed. It's terrible, yeah. Like cucumbers from the store taste like water. Yeah. Uh, when I get them from the, when I get them from the garden, they, it's almost like I forgot what a cucumber tastes like. Absolutely. Uh, it was good enough that you can slice them and put them in water, and it changes the flavor of the water. It's, yeah, it tastes crisp. There's a yeah, there is a certain amount of produce that people have kind of forgotten either a what they're supposed to taste like, or have never experienced it. And so when you have these home gardens and you get to to taste what nature intended these to taste like, you develop a, a better appreciation for for good food, at least you know what a salad should be. I love your tomatoes. I've said it time and time again. They're sweet and they're and they've got this beautiful texture. I I will take as many as you will grow. Well, hopefully this year, I think I've figured out the placements. Sometimes less plants gets me more vegetables. So well, that makes sense. That there's more nutrients that way. If you overcrowd the bed, they can't. Well, and I think I've got the beds. I think there's plenty of nutrients. I've I think I've stocked them well, if you will. <laughs> Probably, but. Another thing is there is zero chemicals, zero pesticides, Mm -hmm. zero all of that. All those things that people worry about on my vegetables because we just grew them out of the backyard. I collect my own seeds so that I regrow. I told you I'm running multiple experiments on seeds now. I've gotten even some of the uh, store ones to sprout so now I can see how those plants grow. You continue to grow the plants that give you the best fruits and vegetables discard the other ones so over time you end up with a very superior product Mm -hmm. and that's something to think about if you're home and you've got a little bit of space there even if you have a deck you can grow a pepper plant in a large pot absolutely a large pot uh you have to start it while it's still snowing in the house because those things take forever to get going same thing with tomato but both of those can grow in a pot just fine yeah, we grew a tomato plant. One of the kids brought home a tomato plant um, from school. All the kids got one. We grew it in a five-gallon bucket with some dirt we had pulled out of the yard. A couple, like, we did throw worms in there. And it, it flowered. It got quite tall, about three and a half feet tall with one of the cage things around it. And it produced, well, it produced four tomato and had a lot more flowers, probably 15, 20 flowers. But at, during a weekend where I wasn't paying attention, it got eaten by a hornworm. I came home on a Saturday night and that thing was like very, very, very rough. Because you should never worry about flowers at your house. You should get pollinization because you're right. You're you're in an orchard. Yeah, no, that part, that's not a problem. (laughs) Hornworms are a problem. Yeah. My turtle thought it was delicious. (laughs) Excellent source of protein for that kind of stuff. 
Right. See, and I for for me, bees aren't a problem because I have a neighbor who has the most amazing flower garden, which she calls her front yard. She was working on it today. And she does a heck of a job, and she has brought all the bees to our yard, so I never have to worry about pollination. So another thing that I've learned with the garden is there is tremendously less food waste because I can walk out with a bowl mm-hmm. and go pick a salad. Yeah. Jameson has laughed at me more than once. I walk out with a bowl, I get some lettuce, I get some spinach, oh, there's a cucumber, oh, here's a pepper. I go through and pick the things I want, I come back in the house. There's a few other things like sunflower seeds mm-hmm. and things from in the house. But I, I wash it all there, cut it all up, I just literally foraged for my dinner. Yeah, and the things that, you know, you may not get to, or maybe maybe you have tomatoes that ripen when you're not noticing like i'm sure it happens with the cherries a lot the plants are so big that they fall to the ground that just adds to your compost it breaks down and the nutrients goes back into the soil you get surprise plants though i don't doubt you get surprise <laughs> plants i don't doubt that at all i always have to dig them out and give them to someone because i refuse to pick them and throw them away so i dig them out spread the soil around again around my plant and then take this and put it in a little plastic planter and give it to someone but they sprout up still there's nothing wrong with that but you, it's funny because I never really thought about how much, how many vegetables get wasted in the winter time because they do. I haven't gotten good at when a pepper is starting to get soft, cutting it up and freezing it, mm-hmm. which is that's the next step to what I'm doing here. But or the kids don't get to an apple and it's a store bought apple and it looks like a good apple and when you open the apple it is not a good apple. I can tell you that apple is older than you want to know. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff gets thrown out during the Mm -hmm. winter time well in the summertime you're just picking it as you need it yeah it stays on the vine and for tomatoes and stuff like that it's like magic it just it preserves your food till you're ready see my strawberries are that way too for lack of a better explanation you know this stem on a piece of fruit or vegetable is is equivalent to the umbilical cord of a baby Mm -hmm. so it's as long as it's it's still connected, and that, that stem is strong and hasn't started to deteriorate. It's still getting nutrients. It's still, you know, growing. Sometimes you'll see tomatoes will grow way too fast, and they start to split because they don't yep. ever get picked. So it's a, they get bigger and bigger, and they start to get weird shaped. And I've, I've seen beefsteak tomatoes that were, like, this big when they're normally not. Right. So in case no one can see this because you can't, <laughs> I made a big shape with my hands about the size of my head because sometimes you do Things grow too long or too fast. But with your own garden, you can only pick what you need when you need it. So if you if you get good at planting, and like personally, I think the average family only needs one pepper plant, one tomato plant. Lord knows it's all you need. It feeds all of us. No, well, no, I eat a lot. I eat a lot. For the longest time, I was eat, taking to work um, two peppers, one sweet, one green, and two cucumbers. And that was lunch at work. Because mm-hmm. I still got the carbs from the vegetables. I felt... Mm-hmm full and the guys at work would pick on me all the time like you just bring in cucumbers to to work every day i'm like i have 70 of them that's before i was giving them away to everybody Mm -hmm. also but no i I believe that the space i have can be maximized more because you're right so some fruits or vegetables will get a little big zucchini is one that if it gets way too big eh, it's not it's best for bread it's not really best for cutting up and eating it like zucchini cucumbers can do that too jamie doesn't like it when my green beans get too big when they get to be uh, because we were growing them and they were growing almost a foot long 
that's a lot of a lot of beans inside there. But if you cut them, soak them, put them on a tray, stick them in the freezer. Mm-hmm. You once they're frozen solid, you put them in a uh, vacuum seal bag, vacuum seal it, throw it in the freezer. That's a much better bean than your canned bean. Oh, absolutely. You know, so this year I will be bagging up some beans because that's another thing. I remember I was giving full grocery sacks of green beans away mm-hmm. two years ago. Every person I saw, here's your grocery Almost sack of every green other beans. day too. That means produce <laughs> so many. So I'm learning. I'm learning, and I I want to maximize that space to feed as many people as I can, including myself. Because if I eat more vegetables, I'll eat less meat. And probably some less carbs, and I'll probably get a little skinnier. And I think there's some advantage there. Well, you're right. Eating healthier is definitely better for our overall health and wellness. In fact, we even walked here today because we were talking about having to be healthier. I Like we talked about in season one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The, uh, another, the last thing about making a case for the garden is you've eliminated almost all of the embodied energy. Yeah. Other than if you run the hose, which you really shouldn't, get a rain barrel. That rain barrel will have better water in it for those plants than your hose will. It has a little extra in it. Honestly, you can do this with almost no embodied energy. Uh-huh. And I have a rain barrel. It's getting flipped over this week. We'll have it set up you know, here soon. And so instead of driving to a store and buying a tomato that came from California with all the energy it takes to grow it, process it, box it, ship it, receive it, and then shelve it, and then you pick it up and you drive it home, all the energy, I walk out in the backyard and I pick a tomato. Yeah, look at that. Also look at the cost. Look at how much you, how much do you pay for those beautiful orange and red peppers at the grocery store. Depends on the day. They're usually, what, three for five or a buck a piece? Buck or 25? More. As long as we're not talking about giant farmer's markets. You have a Riverside here. I have a Riverside. If I go to uh, the one in Montrose, you can get a, a pack with a yellow, a red, and orange, three-pack of pepper. It's $5 Oof. for a three-pack. Green ones are even starting to creep up. Green ones used to be the cheap pepper. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to get expensive. So you could, you know, you could go spend all that money on produce or you could grow it yourself. Well, and it's hard because produce is one of those things that's a little pricey. And if you don't eat it right away, it can go bad. But if you grow it, you pick it as you need it. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be pretty cool. Now, the next thing I had on the notes, I want to tell a story because I want to talk about how much time it takes to make a garden. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what is the cost? My my father-in-law, my stepfather-in-law, Jim, they talked about, and, and his wife, Rhonda, they did a garden not too long ago. And they did it all out. They put all kinds of money into it. They did all kinds of things. And he constantly reminds me, he got one pepper. He's like, it was probably a $200 pepper. Well, you can't <laughs> throw money at growing stuff and make it worse. But it was, so you can have colossal failures. Sure. It can happen. Usually, planting a garden is quite cheap. You're buying seeds at two fifty a pack. And then from there, you harvest your own seeds from your own vegetables and fruits and you never have to worry about it again yeah you know i've gotten much better at propagating seeds germinating Mm -hmm. seeds stuff like that so once you've had one successful season it becomes almost free yeah i agree but i also think that when it comes to starting a garden it's going to be a learning curve the first time you're always going to have shortcomings because there's things you still have to learn your garden with the exception of your first attempt at you know the marrying plants has gotten better and better every year. Every time you do it, it, it improves. And now 
you're practically a greenhouse, minus the fact that, you know, you're on less than an acre. I would love to have a greenhouse. I'm thinking about putting one on the roof. We got that balcony. That's not a bad idea. Just a small greenhouse up there where I can continue to grow. How big's your balcony? Uh, 600 square feet. Your balcony is 600 <laughs> square feet? Well, my deck downstairs is now 650 square feet. The upstairs balcony is 600, yes. Just just the balcony? Yes, off Aiden's room. You can make a greenhouse the size of a shed. <laughs> Sheds are only, well, if it's only, let's say, 6 feet long by 4 feet wide, technically that's only, what, 24 square feet? And, I, and I'll grow vertically also. You'll have plenty of room. <laughs> so I haven't got the, the full okay on that quite yet because I still need to rubber roof that section and some other things. But that is one of the possibilities for up there is to build a greenhouse just to, just tall enough for me to get into so that I can have a growing space. Because that will get much better sunlight up on the balcony than it would be in a lot of spots in my yard. That's a wonderful idea. When you grow your own vegetables, it's funny. If you go to the supermarket right now, there's a pepper sitting over here that is the standard pepper. Mm-hmm. And then there's a section a little off to the side that looks a little nicer and it says organic. That's ironic. Which, uh, as a science nerd, always drives me nuts because the term organic just means grown from living matter. And yes. I'm fairly certain one of those isn't a polymer. But they charge almost double. The irony being that they charge you more money. For less work and less pesticides and less chemicals. So the notion of their their notion of organic is that there's nothing in it extra that's going to harm you. It's supposed to be cleaner and healthier, right? Well, I'm assuming they get less product because there's... Oh, yeah. So they raise the price. Don't get me wrong. It's greenwashing. It's also, yeah, especially when you consider how much they actually waste and dispose of versus what sells. So now, what was in your yard when it grows? Which of those two peppers... Would yours be equated to? Neither. Ours, the ones in our yard are actually better than both of those. Absolutely. You're not paying the $3 for one pepper, the $2 for one pepper, because it's quote-unquote organic. Mm -hmm. You grew it in the yard. You know what's in it. That's another advantage. You get the premium food instead of the mass-grown, no-taste food. Yeah, and the only thing I would say will be an adjustment for some people is the stuff you grow at home may not be as pretty. You may have some blemishes on it, but it's not going to matter once it's cooked. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be safe, and it's going to be delicious. It's going to be full of nutrients and and health for your children and your family. It is not something that you can get off the store but product. Because I'm here to tell you, those organic peppers you're talking about don't taste any different than the chemical ones. Those organic ones don't taste that much better. They don't have that natural flavor. I'm not going to go buy an organic tomato and get that homegrown tomato flavor that you got that your coworkers love so much. Yeah, it's almost time for my Facebook to start I'm starting to start getting messages from friends in Italy. Because they're going to want to come pick up bags of tomatoes. <laughs> well, I hope they can. Otherwise, that's a really expensive shipment to my embodied energy. No, they live in Auburn Hills. being facetious. It's when they come to Flint, we'll meet somewhere. So, I think so far, we've you know, we've kind of pounded in how good the food is. Because it really is. I, I don't know if anybody thinks it isn't. But I want to make sure people understand it is so much better. So much more delicious. And now I'm branching out into th- diff- different stuff. I'm going to grow Brussels sprouts. You know, I want to have broccoli. And want to just, I want a bunch of things. Some of those plants are big, so I got to plan my space better. But there's other benefits. There's actual other real benefits. It is absolutely fantastic to my mental health. When I am out there by myself in a chair, hands in the dirt, trimming the, the plants, 
looking at them, taking care of them. I feel good. Really? I feel like it's just me for a minute. There's not a bunch of kids in chaos, which, by the way, I do love my children, but they can be Uh a bit much at times. It is just me relaxing, reconnected with the soil. And I'm, you, you start looking at the plants in a different way. You're looking at its health. You're, you're doing what you can to make them as healthy as possible. And it is extremely rewarding. And when you do that, that plant takes care of you all summer long. Yeah. You are making a personal investment in the well-being and wellness of your entire family mm-hmm. in a way that money could never do. Normally, when we talk about these different ways to you know, lower your carbon footprint and, and do my angle is always the financial side. I'm actually going the opposite way this this way this time because what you're doing is you're taking steps to create a better product and and produce something better for yourself and anyone that you share it with. But also, you just enjoy it. You just told me like it, it gives you a sense of fulfillment. You're out and, in the fresh air. It is your like I don't understand what it feels or why I feel this way. But when your hands are in the soil, it's a little different. You don't care that you're dirty. You feel connected, and you you're right. You're you're vesting yourself in this, and it it has a mental health benefit. It really does. It's more than the plants in my house, which really kind of get me through that January February part of that year, where just when you think it's spring, we get a foot of snow. Yeah, and that hurts. You know that that it mentally does. hurts because you're tired of the winter, and the the garden is something that I've. It started off as fun, and it started off as, like, I was prideful because look at my my bounty. I have a massive amount of food. But now it is, how good can I make it? How how healthy can these plants be? You know, how, how long can I keep them growing like the ones in the basement? Can I do it all year round? It really does. It really does something for me. I, I'm sure it does. And being someone who, who looks at food on the opposite angle... There is something irreplaceable about being able to cook good food with the best ingredients. When I worked at the small restaurant in Frankenmuth, we had a small garden out back. It wasn't anything extravagant. Peppers, we had we had zucchini, we had um, mm-hmm. tomatoes, and but the the center stage of it was our herb garden. We had every herb you can imagine. We had tons of them. Some herbs just kind of take over life. Like mint, if you plant one plant of mint, you'll have seven hundred the next year. They just don't stop. But our food was so much better. And I don't really mean the intricate dishes. I mean the simple stuff, the salads, the quiches, anything that involved fresh vegetables had this robust natural flavor that you could try to duplicate all you want with stuff from the store, but it's not going to happen because it was natural and it was fresh. And and cooking with that kind of food allows you to put a sense of being in a dish, to give it heart, to give it soul, to to give it a sense of life, to keep it vibrant and fresh. And when you... When you cook for a living and when you enjoy that, that matters. You don't get any fulfillment out of cooking stuff from the grocery store. Like I'm, I'm as big of an eater as I am anything else. I love to eat. If you ever see me eat a burger, it usually I just get like mayonnaise on it. I don't want tomato on my burger because there's no flavor. Now, if you go to find a place where they've got a garden and they grow their own tomatoes, I want seven slices on that burger. <laughs> but if it's the ones we're talking about where it's, oh, I love my, my water sponge on my beef sponge, I don't want that. And the only way you can really explain that is by showing someone how delicious and vibrant it can be. There's, and I think you're right, there are other benefits beyond this. I've learned exercise 
it reminds me to get out there, crawl around, move around. This this movement that is uncommon to me as I work through the garden, it helps me burn calories. I lose track of time. It helps me be healthier all the way around the board. Mm-hmm. Not only from the nourishment, but the activity and the stress reduction from doing it. Yeah, I think that the sense of peace you get is, is really quite remarkable. I, I never, I, until you said that, I never would have attributed that to you because I didn't know you had that kind of connection with it. I just knew that you're really good at it. And I think that's remarkable. I think that that is a beautiful thing that there's not a lot of people in the world that can say that about anything. I, I mean that. Well, and it's, it's funny because you remember the Martian, the movie, we're also space nerds. When the plant first pops up, the very first plant he has in the ground pops up when he's on Mars. He walks over and just kind of pets the leaf and says, hi there. I've never seen that. Oh, that is a problem. We're going to fix that. I heard it's good. Well, every time now. Every mm-hmm. time, as soon as I see it come up out of the soil and I know I have a vibrant plant to take care of, I say hi there. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't, it's just become a habit. When there's 36 of them, I say it one time, but they can all hear it. So Hi there. Tell your friends. <laughs> Another thing is you can pass it down. So my kids don't always sit out there with me, mm-hmm. but they do occasionally. And they get their hands dirty. And they get a few minutes, and I start showing them different things. And I show them how you trim a tomato plant to keep it healthy. And I show them which plants you have to kind of peel off to let the rest of the plant flourish. Or which, if you have way too many fruit, how many fruit you have to knock off it before you'll get really good fruits or vegetables on a plant. I get that opportunity to pass that down. Will they retain it? I don't know. But I get the opportunity. And I think that's important also. I think that's almost as important as sharing healthy foods with your family and friends. Well, I think it's it's probably more important. I think that when you're doing this and you and you're and you're creating a skill, a homesteading skill that can help you support your family or yourself if you were to decide that you didn't want to go to the grocery store anymore. Like these these are important skills. These are skills that have through honestly generation of generation of of individuals not needing them have been lost mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that garden and we're seeing more and more especially throughout the pandemic these little home gardens and these little home farms that we talked about with the chickens are popping up everywhere because they're things that people are realizing that they probably should know now i'm not telling everyone needs to go plow their whole yard and plant in five rows of corn but I really believe you should know how to take care of plants. You should know that if you've got a tomato plant that's got 20 limbs that don't have flowers and six that have flowers, start trimming it. Otherwise, they're not going to produce fruit because the rest of it's taking too much nutrients away from the flowers. I, I really think people should know that. Personally, I think it's valuable. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you can pass down that your children will remember. Yeah. If they use it or not, they'll reminisce about it. No different than canning or no different than when I'm over there chopping up all these vegetables for a meal when they just watched it come from the garden. Well, I always talk about building your positive footprint. And mm-hmm. I think I've got away from it a little too long in some of our episodes. This is one of the ways you build that positive footprint is grow your own food, eat your own food, share your food with friends and family. You show what you've done. They may do it too. You teach the kids so that the next generation knows how, especially if they need to. You've passed this on. You've passed that nutrients in. And it's less vegetables they buy from a place that was shipped in from either out of the country or a long ways away from where you're from. You are embodying the the ideology of be the change you want to see in the world. And I think that is something that people need more of. You need 
easier ways to really do that because you see those things online all the time. But at the end of the day, if you can teach someone a life skill and you can create these long lasting memories with the kids, Mm -hmm. you're right. They may never do it. Or they might get to an age and say, well, I did this with my dad. I, I would like to do it. And the food was always better anyways. Mm -hmm. There may come a time 20 years from now where Addison or Aiden, which are your children for our listeners that don't know. And um, Grayson. And Grayson. Although it might not be 20 years for him. It might be 15. He's younger. (laughs) I'm just saying there might be a time in the future where they show up and they say, you know, dad, I, I make this the same way you guys make it, but mine doesn't taste as good. And then you look at, you ask them what they're doing. They tell you, and you realize that your processes are the exact same, but you use fresh ingredients and they use store-bought ones. And when that light bulb clicks, if they want to get that, that nostalgic flavor, that's what they have to do. That may be the inspiration they need to start a garden. Even if it's just one plant in the house, Mm -hmm. in a pot, one thing in tomatoes, like for me, I have these little um, they're tin buckets, and, and they're small. But I don't need a big one to plant one basil plant. Right. And I, I'm a huge herb guy. I love my garnishes with herbs. I'm the kind of guy that will walk up to my basil and pluck a leaf off and chew it until I swallow it. I love that that vibrance, that flavor, that, that scent. Like it's just It takes over your senses and, and makes anything I eat better you talked about cucumber water throw some mint in there throw like you know some mint a touch of dill like that that puts a whole new spin on the water (laughs) it's i think it's wonderful well and sometimes people think there's a lot of laws against it there isn't you have a right to garden of course you do now some cities try to they try to play with those rules a little bit but you have a right to garden as long as you're not disrupting others and no like where i live in the city there's that easement property you can't just peel that up and put a garden in there. That's the one spot I can't put a garden. But everywhere else I can. And before we close today, I want to just say, if you've never done it, get some green beans. Friend, family, if no one has them, if you've downloaded your Ethic plugin, Google green bean seeds and look for the, the most sustainable company that offers seeds. You'll notice by the leaf. I love that, by the way. Thank you, Austin. But get yourself a few seeds. And just grow one plant right in the house. Bushes can be about two feet wide if you really get them going, but you can get a vine, get a a large potter, put in a small trellis, and let it climb. If it gets too big, trim it. Grow one and see how it is. If If you have no property, that's a great way to do it. Just give it some light, give it some water. Green beans will grow. They are almost evasive, so they're pretty hard to kill. If you have some land... To plant some. Pick two things you like and plant them. It's that beginning. When you start eating that food, it makes you want to grow more food. You're bummed in the fall when the plants start to die. I don't doubt that. There's been several years where our stepmom has called me. And one year she put um, tomato plants behind the house, the south side of the house. I never would have thought to put um, plants there because, you know, on the corner of their house, they have all those tall pine trees. Mm-hmm. And she called me. She's like, hey, do you want tomatoes? And I'm like, well, I always want tomatoes. Why? And this is mid-October. And it's been, it was a very cold October. She's like, well, I have too many and I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I've already canned them and I still have like a bushel outside. So I came over with a storage tote and filled it with well over a bushel of tomatoes and didn't even take them all. It was still still producing tomatoes. There were still flowers on the plant. Mm-hmm. It still had green tomatoes on the vine, and it wasn't showing any signs of, of degrading or dying. Like It was strong. So I don't doubt that you know, they live a lot longer than what our weather can accommodate. Yeah, and it's one of those things that once you've enjoyed a summer of just walking outside and grabbing what you want, when that time of the year comes and it starts to end, it's sad. 
that's why another reason why I'm trying to grow some stuff in the basement. Maybe I can keep some of that joy going. But <laughs> anyways, I hope we've made a case for you to at least to try to grow one, two, three plants. You don't have to call yourself a farmer or a gardener. Just try it. You'll be I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the results. I am going to take a shot at it again this year. I have tried it, but I've always said that I was a big fan of farming, but not a big fan of the act of farming. I love watching other people succeed at it so I can cook with delicious food. But also, every time I've done it, I've always overplanted my area. So I'm going to give it a shot again this year. And when I fail, I'll come for yours because <laughs> it's delicious and it's there. And I'm, I'm excited. I, I Listening to you talk about it is like invigorating me. It's giving me inspiration to actually want to do it. I, I want that connection that you have. I, I probably won't get it because I get that connection playing with pasta. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not the same thing. Uh, but it's it's inspiring. And it is it's it breeds. It breeds. In, like, the listen to someone talk about that is inspiring and, and breeds hope. And it sparks interest. And you're talking to a guy who literally hates getting on his hands and knees and playing with the dirt. <laughs> So I'm saying thank you, and I'm really excited. So well, I, and you can cheat. You can put them in five-gallon buckets, too. Mm-hmm. Raise them up a little bit, and it keeps you from overplanting because you can only put one plant in each one if you're getting a big plant. Now you're talking. So I hope you do it. I look forward to it. If you do, we're taking pictures and throwing it on the website. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate you stopping in and listening. If you get an opportunity, people are starting to finally put some of those ratings in online for us, Spotify, on iTunes. If you get an opportunity, please do that for us because it really does help people find our show. That's kind of how they choose who shows up in the search engine. So thank you for those who have already rated us. We still have a five-star rating, which is exciting to me. I appreciate you listening. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags, check out Starting Sustainability, the podcast. Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week, we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't, so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.